stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. Howdy and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Now, you know, sometimes we have adversity or sometimes things don't go the way we plan. For example, we've got a job and we get laid off or, you know, things like that happen and we kind of look at it like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that could happen to me. Sometimes, in fact, most times these things happen for a reason and they're often to send us to a better place. Now, today I am chatting with Matt Botel and he is the founder and CEO of Free 3D Hands. And so it's an Australian charity who design um, and they do 3D printing of hands and assistive devices. So these hands go out to people, kids and adults for free, these 3D hands um, to people who don't have a hand and they go free all around the world and they even pay the postage. And this is an amazing story. So that happened to Matt. He was working at Toyota and he got laid off and had this three-year plan. What am I going to do with it? And started to follow his passion. And now he's doing this incredible work um, and providing these hands for free all around the world. So you are going to absolutely love this story. I think I'm in love with Matt. I just can't wait to actually spend the day with him and enjoy his company, you know, in person. But you're just going to feel every bit of his energy through this interview. And he's so, so, so passionate about what he does. You're going to be addicted to it. So anyway, I'm just going to get straight into it and you're going to love it. So welcome, Matt. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a real it's a real honour to be a part of this uh, podcast. Thanks. Oh, it's my pleasure. I I was out for having dinner with friends at an Indian restaurant. And I was talking about the podcast, and and you, you wouldn't believe it. It was I hadn't even heard of you, and I'm, I just I can't believe I had it. And a guy was over. A friend of mine, Thomas, was over from Michigan, and he said you should get the guy free three D hands. And I said, what is it? And he said free three D hands. And I said. Who, where? Tell me about this guy. And he, he pulled it up on his phone. And I can't believe that it took someone from Michigan to tell me about someone in Gibbs Lab. <laughs> anyway. Classic. Yeah, but I'm so glad. I'm so glad I chased you down because, um, you know, reading about what you do and looking at it and talking to you, you just, what you're doing is just absolutely fantastic. You know, I introduced it in the, in the intro, you know, said what you're doing, but Matt, what, how did you get into it? What's your journey to this? It was actually, um, it all came about during a really, really difficult time, to be honest. Um, oh. Back in 2014, I was working as a senior engineer at Toyota. Oh. And, um, and, and some of you may remember, um, there was a big announcement back then that automotive manufacturing in Australia would come to a close. And, yeah. um, 
And we were told that we had three and a half years to, to transition into a, a different industry. And um, all of a sudden, you know, two and a half thousand people that I was working with were in a situation where we felt like we were standing on this, this big ship of the Titanic and, you know, the arse of the ship was going up in the <laughs> air. And, and, you know, we had to, we had to make a decision whether we'd sink or swim. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I look back at that time now, those, those years of uncertainty and, and fear of change, I suppose. And, um, and I'm really grateful for them because it it really allowed me to reflect on on who I am and and what yep. I was born to do. Yeah. And and over that um, first six months of um, of you know turmoil, I, I suppose you could call it. I, I I went back and asked myself those really really simple questions that a, a lot of a lot of us don't ask ourselves. Um, you know what what do I enjoy? You know. Mm. Um, often kids get asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, yep. um, and you know, they don't ask themselves, what lifestyle do I want? Or, yep. or, or how do I want to make the biggest impact on the world? Or what kind of role model do I want to be for my own children? Yep. And, um, and for me, I, I just reflected on, on and, and really just tried lots and lots of things, you know, mm. um, to see whether that would resonate with me and, and ask myself, uh, what I was passionate about, and and that word passion gets thrown. Follow your passion gets thrown around so much. Yeah, you know. Um, but I think passion is something that often um, gets misunderstood. Um, and and so I actually went back to the dictionary and asked and, and looked at what what the, the term for passion actually meant. And it, the first thing that came up was that it's a strong and barely controllable emotion. Yeah. And and I started asking myself, what is it um, that makes me feel emotional? you know, um, to the point of, of almost tearing up, you know, and it certainly wasn't making cards. So I was, I was good at that. <laughs> I was good at that, but it didn't really um, quite make me emotional. And, um, and it was, it, it took me back to a time where I was in university over in Japan um, during my university years, many, many moons ago. I don't even want to think about how, how long ago it was. Um, and I had the opportunity over in Japan to, to try this $1 million bionic arm. Wow. And um, and it was incredible. The sensors on the arm would would um, pick up the muscle signals, and, and the hand would open and close, uh, like like my my own hand was replicating what I was doing. Wow. Um, but with a one million dollar price tag, I was even though I was amazed at at the um, the technology behind it, um, I couldn't help feeling sad mm. um, that that this technology wouldn't be accessible to you know to most people on the planet, even yeah. if you got that down to $100,000 down to yeah. $10,000 down to $1,000 for someone living on one or $2 a day. Um, yeah. It would be something that would be out of, out of touch. Um, yeah. So I, I just started just listening to, to that, that calling. And, um, and I bought a 3d printer yeah. um, because I, all of these ideas that I had in my head about um, how to make something, all of a sudden there was this new technology that, we could actually make them for, for a very low cost and mm-hmm. and um, in manufacturing ways that we couldn't do before. And and I'll actually show you something. I found it for this um, podcast. Um, unfortunately, the people who are listening won't see it, but it's a very very simple um, finger joint. Yeah, um, it was the first thing that I ever designed um, wow. with a 3D printer. And uh, I used to carry this around in my pocket at, at Toyota and. Um, you know, during those years to try and keep in a positive mindset, you know, during yeah. that time, you know, three and a half years of going through redundancy is a, is a long time for anybody. Yep. Yeah. And, um, 
And and I just started um, this, uh, a very, very small vision of making one hand for one kid, uh, for someone who was born without fingers, um, to put a smile on their face, to, to keep myself in a, in a positive mindset during a pretty tough time. And, um, and so I, I, I downloaded, it was an open source design of um, a website called Thingiverse um, from a small group over in America at the time called Enable. And they were, they were trying to do the same thing that I was. And I connected with them over in the States. And, um, and they, they told me that there was this boy in um, New South Wales, um, four-year-old Eli, um, that had, um, he'd been, he was born, he'd been born without fingers, which affects, um, well, they, they, they actually estimate that one in 500 children are born with some form of hand difference, wow. um, which is quite, quite common, I think. Yeah. Um, but, but for young Eli, um, you know, I connected with his, his family and, um, and we helped to, de- well, helped to design him an Iron Man themed hand. Um, he helped <laughs> with the colours and we made this red and gold hand. And, um, and I sent it to him, um, you know, via, via the post scaled it to the right size and 3d printed it and about a week later i get this email to my desk i'm sitting at lunchtime checking through my emails and um and this is this this video of of eli um wearing this this hand that i'd made him picking something up for the first time with his hand and and just the smile on his face yeah um, it changed my life forever and and I think it was just something that I'd I'd stumbled across, you know, that um, that it, I was just like, wow, this is this is this is amazing. This is something I I want to keep doing, without any thought of how how I could make it viable, you know, it, it, talking about a business model, um, making things and, and giving them away for free, <laughs> it's, it's probably the worst business model you could think of. But it, it didn't it didn't matter. I um I kept making more and more and more of these hands and. And started sending them to people all around the world. Um, the next one was to a boy Zach over in New Zealand, and I sent an arm over to Iraq and 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 all all around the world. Um, just as I was going through this this difficult time, and um, and and by the time those three years were up, um, I I just knew that this is exactly what I wanted to do mm. um, with the rest of my life, but had absolutely no idea about how I was going to go about it. Wow, I love that. I love that. It's it's you know when you people say, you know, when you talk about find your passion, you know, and and also passion means sacrifice. You know, it means to to sacrifice something for somebody else or or for something else, you know. And when you're I, I'm hearing you talking about your passion, and a lot of people say that they're looking for, a lot of people are looking for their passion, they're looking for their purpose, they're looking for their why, you know, and I love asking people, like, why do you get up in the morning? What, what yeah. why do you get up? And what if I asked you that, Matt? What do you what do you say to that? I, I I honestly I haven't worked a day since I left Toyota. Um I work longer hours than I ever have before. Yeah. But I don't feel like I've eaten a sacrifice to anything because I thoroughly enjoy what I do. I yeah. get, I, you know, I get, it's funny, I, I get to a, um, a Monday morning and I'm absolutely pumped to go to work and then I don't know what day it is until I get to Friday and go, oh, it's Friday already. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll have to stop what I'm doing for two days and, and come back to it on Monday. It's, it's absolutely bizarre um, to, to get when you finally find what it is you're passionate about. And I think we're often told to study hard work hard um 
you know, no success comes without hard work. Yeah. But I don't work hard. I, I work joyfully. Yeah. Um, and in right. And I think um, if something's hard, you know, you, you're not really enjoying it. Yeah. You know, and I think it'll always feel like you are sacrificing yeah. um, in some way. You're, you're giving up some portion of your 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 life um, to, to sacrifice for being able to, I don't know, save money and go on a holiday or something. Yeah. Where, where in the past, in previous roles, um, I, gee, I worked long hours. Um, I was good at what I did, but I was always trying to escape. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd come yeah. down, I was living in Melbourne and I'd come down to Phillip Island where I where I'm now living um, on weekends just to go to the beach and and, and soak up that salt air and, yeah. and fly my model gliders off the beach, you know, with, <laughs> yeah. with the Pacific Gulls. And and that that gave me the energy to get through another week. And um and that's that's not good. You know, no. that's not a good way to be, you know, where where I've found that I've been able to hone and tune my lifestyle to a point where I'm working long hours, but every minute of it, every minute is an absolute joy. I um, love that. Yeah, it's just um, I, I feel so connected with the universe and, and the world and the people yeah. in the world and yep. through and I, I it's I suppose the one value that I've always had um, I've enjoyed making things for other people yeah. more than for myself. Yeah, and and when I can share something that I've made with somebody and to see that smile on on their face is just the most special feeling in the whole world for me and I can see it I can actually feel your energy through the screen and you you're almost tearing up you're making me yes. stop it Matt because you're making me cry <laughs> <laughs> it's it's but when you that's when you're talking about at the very start you know what is it that drives such a heavy emotion or such a strong emotion you know that makes me really really feel something and and as you're talking I can feel your emotion you know you're so it's tears of joy like it's tears yeah. of connection tears of satisfaction tears of impact you know it's just tears of I I, I couldn't be me. living a better life yeah I, it's um it's gratitude because I've I've through this journey um, I've just met the most incredible people yeah. that have helped me along the way that have, you know, I think if you if you share your why with other people, and if it's true, um, true from your heart, yep, um, then people will people will help you along the way. And I've just got so many stories of of people that have helped, you know, um, yep. you know, coming at someone someone I don't I don't know why, but they um they 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 nominated me for Australian of the Year right right um in that last year of, of um, working at Toyota and. I got a phone call just after I'd walked out of the gate. I was down at San Remo Beach looking out of yeah. the water, knowing exactly what I want to do, no idea how to do it. Um, and um, and I, I got this phone call saying that I was a finalist for the Australian of the Year Awards, and I, I actually said no <laughs> initially. Uh, I, I wasn't interested in that kind of hoo-ha. But it was actually my wife said, Matt, just rock up, go along, because you never know who you're going to meet, because at the moment you've got no job. You know what you want to do, but you don't know how to do it. Go along because you never know who you're going to meet. And so I did. And um, and they called my name out, and I was one of the four Victorian Australians of the year in 2018. And, um, wow. And, and, you know, awards are awards. They're bits of glass. You know, people the next year won't remember who got it. But yeah. um, 
But for me, I met this incredible man, Samuel Johnson, who some of your listeners might know, um, runs a charity called Love Your Sister. And he was one of the other four um, Victorian Australians of the Year. And we travelled up to Canberra together and he just really resonated with with what I was trying to do. And um, we spent the next couple of nights on his balcony of his hotel room up in Canberra having a few beers. And and he really, he took me under his wing and gave me lots of advice um, and started to... um, take me along to, you know, some of the events and things. He, you know, he connected me up with, you know, the project on, on TV and yeah. dragged me onto John Fain's conversation hour and those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, to really get get the word out of what I was trying to do. And as as that happened, things just kept starting to snowball and all of a sudden, you know, we're getting all of this this help, people wanting to come and volunteer and 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 a, a um a law firm down in in um, in Adelaide, Norman Waterhouse Lawyers, contacted me and said, "Hey, Matt, you know, we'll work pro bono and and set you up as a as a, um, a charity, you know, um, which which is a massive thing to to get yeah. DGR status as a charity, right? And they did yeah. that all pro bono, and all of a sudden, I'm you know gone from working um, from the kitchen table literally uh, to to then um, you know we're Moving, we moved back to Phillip Island. I made the the harsh decision, I suppose, to um to go bugger it. You know, I I don't know what the answer is. I still haven't made this financially <laughs> yeah. viable, yeah. but let's do it because it felt right. And my wife said, "Follow your passion." Yeah. And um and I did. We moved back down to Phillip Island and rented a house down here, and and it had a single car garage. And thought this is this will do. This is enough space and work yeah. from work from home before it was a popular thing. Um. But that only lasted two years. I just couldn't get a good balance between um, family and work. Yeah. And, um, and we had media coming through our house and moving our couches and our televisions and all of that kind of stuff. And and I was like, no, nah, we've got to get out. So I um I leased a factory for for six months just to test the waters and 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 see if I could grow it. And 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 it was funny. Um, you know, my wife said matt follow your passion and we both decided to utilize the redundancy payout from toyota to yeah. forego purchasing that first house um to, to go bugger it um yeah. let's do this and, and, and you know if that money lasts one or two years and we haven't been able to sustain this whatever it was um then then so be it you know it's just a li- just get rid of that fear of of the unknown yeah and and um and we did and um and then we, you know, we moved into this small, this this factory in Cows and and then, you know, politicians started coming through and people tour, had tours. We had, you know, the governor even came through, Linda wow. Nassau. It was just amazing, you know. Had this car with a, you know, like the, the whole co- cohort came down and, and and even the British High Commission, they bought down this this award from you know, Queen Elizabeth II, you know. They, they handed me this award and I'm like, with this, this car with this this crown on the number plate and I'm like what's going on here you know maybe we must be doing the right thing and um it was funny wow. when, when uh, they handed me this award and you know it was hand signed by the queen the points of light award I think it was called and they're like um this is bestowed upon you by her majesty the queen blah 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 is the 94th uh, points of light and I they're recording it right to so go back and show the royal family and I'm looking at this gun and my, my instant reaction was this is going straight to the pool room. Ah! <laughs> they probably thought you Aussie bogan, but um, 
But, you know, then we had all these high school students volunteering and university students started doing internships with us. And we just, um, little bit by little step by little step, we just started to grow upon what we're doing. And, um, and, and, and it was really, you know, with the exposure of getting those sorts of awards and things, um, I became familiar in, in that I was able to then join the public speaking circuit. And, and that's how I ended up finally after two, two or three years starting to draw a wage and, um, and start to build that bank balance up um, again um, of my 10 years of savings, you know, that I pretty yeah. much just put on the line to, to try and pursue this. Um, you know, it's, it was um, really tough. It was tough, but, but at the same time, I knew it was right. It was the right thing to do. And if I yeah. failed, then I, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have lost anything because it was the right thing. It felt like the right thing to do. Yeah. And even if you failed, and that's not the best word, but even if it didn't turn yeah. out financially or viably, you still look at even if you'd changed one life, but you, you'd change so many more, do you know, like it's that's worth it. Do you, you know, if, yeah. if you have to say, well, you know, I can't keep going, but I've changed 100 lives. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's you know, massive. It, it just like that vision, I think people helped me to grow that vision of what it could be. Yeah. Um, making one hand for one kid to make maybe. I think I did an interview once where I, I think it might have been on Neil Mitchell. Um, I think I said initially, I might make hands for say ten or twenty kids and just commit to those families that if they ever need a new one, they'll always be here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know that grew and grew and grew to, and then I thought maybe we could have hundreds of three D printers, and and we could supply the whole world. You know, and 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 people were were helping us to to pay for the materials and the postage to get them out. Um, and it was just, um, it was something that grew. And then I just, when I finally realised how how big the problem was, yeah, you know, the, the World Health Organisation estimates there are over one billion people in the world that need some form of assistive technology, whether that's a wheelchair, a walking stick, hearing aids, wow. um, a prosthesis or orthosis is about 40, 40 50 million people. Um, but out of the billion people uh, in the world, out of an eight, what, eight? Eight billion population. Yeah, one in eight. Yeah, right. Yeah. One in eight. Um, so out of those one billion people that need assistive technology, only ten percent can access or afford it. Oh, so wow. that's a, that's nine hundred million people that are going without devices that would greatly improve their quality of life. You know, you're wearing um, you're wearing glasses there, yep. right? Um, that's nine. That's ninety percent of people can't access or afford glasses. Yeah. And um, and I just wow. thought there's no way I could have thousands of printers. I could have a million printers, but yep. I wouldn't have the, the capacity to help everyone. Yeah. Um, so the focus came from, uh, the focus actually shifted from, from myself making so many hands. We don't even count how many hands we make. We, it's not a KPI of ours. It's yeah. Um, we we share all of our designs with the world, and yep. now we have over six thousand others that are using our designs to replicate what we do um, wow. in all parts of the world. And that is how you can help large numbers of people by, by sharing yeah. knowledge, um, collaborating with others and working together with a shared vision of helping people. Because that's, I think, regardless of any job out there, um, if, you, if you really hone down on, uh, hone down on the, the, the reason why that job exists, it's, it's to help people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you could be you could be cleaning benches in um, in McDonald's, um, you know, and and think I just that's my job. I just clean tables. 
in a, in a restaurant. But what's the reason behind that? You know, you walk into McDonald's, you know, um, and you grab your meal and you sit down and there are pickles on your table. You don't, you're not really happy, right? But if you go there and you sit down, it's crystal clean and smells fresh, it'll put a smile on your face and, yeah. and you'll be yeah. happy. And, and to create that joy um, for people, um, I think is what the crux of any any job does. And um, yeah. And I think if we focus on helping people and working together to do that, then I think it really redefines what work is for us. Absolutely. I love this. And how much is, like, how much would it cost to buy a 3D printer that could do that? Well, that's, that's interesting. We, um, we've been offered in the past really expensive machines. Like, we were offered a $150,000 3D printer. Yeah. And I actually declined it because if I designed my parts to actually make on that machine, that would mean that others can't replicate what yeah. we do. Yeah. So we actually use the lowest cost machines that you can buy. Some of our 3D printers are only worth about $260 each. Wow. Yeah. Um, I can actually uh, pick up the camera. Yeah. And I'll, I'll actually show you. Um, actually show you. This is our 3D printing room for those that are able to watch the podcast. Yeah. For those that are listening. So we have um, wow. these low cost machines. Yep. Um, that that can make um, even large size hands, and we have about forty three D printers now. Um, wow. We've got staff coming back from leave next week, um, being Christmas, but we've um, we've just been designing and innovating, and we've got a little assembly area here um, where we we assemble all of the hands, and yeah. um, we've got a dedicated setup. And the reason we have so many printers is because um, we can make different parts for the same hand. Um, on multiple printers, on five or six printers. Yeah. And by doing so, um, we're able to cut the lead time down. So instead of taking 15 or 20 hours to print one hand, we can do it in about five hours. So how how much how long would it take for one person? So if I had a if I had a $260 printer at home with all the I don't know what you call that plastic stuff that threads into, you know, the, I don't know what that's called, with all yeah. the stuff that prints. Um how long would it take to print one hand, you know, in your own home? If you had one printer with all of the parts, it would take about 15 to 20 hours, depending on the size, of course. Yeah. Um, but that can be done while you're sleeping. You just push the button and away it goes. Yeah. Um, so, so we have our printers running day and night. They run through the night and all kinds of things. Um, yeah. But, yeah, wow. if, you were, if you had one printer, yeah, it would, you know, make it take 15 or 20 hours. So in a few days, you would um, you'd be able to make and 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 fit up a, a hand so it's it's pretty pretty cool um wow and, and we and actually have a, a biodegradable material as well yeah yeah um wow. you know that's um it's actually called pla and it's derived from cornstarch yeah um, which is really cool and and the way we've set up our production line so we run purely on on solar power day and night yeah we had some amazing support from racv solar and yeah yeah. And um, we, we have the Tesla power walls now. Um, we've got some amazing support through RACV Solar for that. Yeah. And um, so the way I describe the hands that we make, we, uh, they're made from a biodegradable material powered by uh, photons that have travelled 150 million kilometres through space and landed on our roof. So it's pretty, um, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So if they're biodegradable, how long do they last a person yeah, so like a lifetime? 
yeah, typically people will grow out of them um, quickly. So that the, the reason why um, you know a lot of children around the world can't get prosthetics or, or bionic arms is purely due to the cost. An entry level arm would cost about twenty eight, twenty nine thousand dollars. Wow! And and we can manufacture them for about probably five dollars in five to ten dollars in materials. Wow! So if if a, if a kid can't even decide what color hand they want we can make them two or three or five you know some of the some of the kids we send hands to are on about the sixth or seventh hand um we just got a we just got a request from a lady who we've provided um a black hand to we provided her with a hot pink one and uh, and she just mailed us uh recently and and said that um she's getting married in march and she'd like a skin colored hand for the wedding and i was just like oh my goodness you know of course you can. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh. So an adult hand, like that, they wouldn't start to buy it. They wouldn't start to break down. No. Like, so how it's long like, would they? It's like, a piece of, it's like a piece of steel, right? Um, you know, if you're using a, a knife or a fork to, you know, to, yeah. to eat from and you keep it, you wash it and keep it in the drawer, it'll last you a lifetime. But if you all of a sudden put that out in the elements into the sun and the rain and and the salt air, um, it'll degrade and rust very quickly. And it's yeah. the same with this biodegradable material. If you're using it in everyday use, um, it, it, it'll it'll last as long as it, you need it. Um, but as soon as you compost it and put it in the right condition, it'll um, it'll biodegrade, and the sugars will, uh, yeah, it'll it'll, right it'll biodegrade mm-hmm. once you know the, the temperature. The bio, I think it's defined um, as as being able to be industrial in an industrial composter which requires during a composting process temperatures get up to about 60 degrees so once you hit those certain conditions um it'll start to degrade wow we find that that it'll last um as long as it needs to last um so this is this is actually our latest uh kinetic hand design that we have about six thousand people around the world wow it's a body powered device it's very very simple um with a small amount of wrist movement yeah and that wrist, the, the fingers open and close. Wow. So this allows people to be able to pick up, um, yeah. hold a cup or hold a bicycle handle. Um, and it's 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 a quiet, it's a very, very simple, quiet, silent operating device that um, young children, you don't have to worry about getting it wet. It doesn't have any electronics in it. So um, yeah. it's it's very, very uh, safe you know to use you don't have to worry about getting it wet and sending it back or anything wow. um and that, that can be made on those same small printers you can make one this size it's a it's a <laughs> this would be a, a a very very large adult yeah. size hand and and so is this assuming that a person's arm finishes at their wrist you know and they don't have a hand and and yeah, it's so like- this particular yeah, this particular design is for someone who has a partial hand, and yeah. a lot of the traditional uh, socket-based prosthetic devices yeah. require that there's a, a narrowing wrist to fit the arm into it. Yeah. Um, but we've been able to design a hand that you can actually fit. Um, I can show you this piece here. You can actually fit the the palm inside the hand. Yeah. And we can modify that design to suit each um, particular hand difference. For example, some kids are born with just a thumb. Yeah. So we can modify that design to to accommodate accommodate that um, that wow. hand. or they may have two fingers. So wow. we can make the other the other fingers to to be able to to open and close. 
So wow. we can modify the design. That's the beauty with 3D printing is that you can modify a design. You don't need any additional tooling. You don't yeah. need to modify the, the machines that make the part because it just builds it up from, from nothing, um, which is amazing. Is that hard to do? Like if you're not an IT person, you know, and you don't have you, – you can use a computer, but you don't understand all the coding and stuff like that. Yeah. Is, it, is it just a matter of downloading a 3D printing program and yep. then just making what just yeah, hitting yeah. loading it and hitting go. The design itself requires pretty high end software, and um, so we we consider ourselves now not as a, a, a manufacturing hub. Um, we, we're we're a design hub, really. That mm. we we have access to you know the world's best design software. You know we can create these in, you know really organic, beautiful designs. And share those designs with the world. So then people who don't have those skills to design can download our design and basically scale it to the right size and, and manufacture it themselves, even with a, a very, very basic um, understanding of, of the technology. There's actually yeah. a hospital over in Thailand that um, they, they had access to our design and they built these very, very simple you know, gantry style, like aluminium extrusion style 3D printers. Yeah. And they started printing our hands, our kinetic hand design for a leprosy colony. Wow. And um, there was this man, and it was it was unbelievable. I'll never forget the day. They, they sent us an email from Thailand um, translated into English um, from a man that was, um, was had leprosy and he'd been without both of his hands for 50 years. Can you imagine? Not having um, access to to being able to, to pick up anything or touch mm. or grab anything, do anything really, um, for fifty whole years. And this hospital have downloaded our design, made this very very simple three D printer, and scaled it to the right size. And then they train them how to to use their hands again. Um, and and I just thought, I thought to myself, if even if we had charged. Um, if we had sent him a, this man a hand, or we'd even charged them to download our design, say it was ten dollars a download. Yep. Um, for me, then that that hand would only be worth ten dollars. Mm. Um, but when we provide when we provide our designs and all of our all our hands and everything completely free of charge with no expectation of reward, then it it becomes priceless. It really yep. does. Yep. And the amount of joy that I had knowing that this man will never know my name. Yep. You know, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow. Um, he would he would still have access to these hands because other people have the have yeah. the ability now to make them. And um, for me, that's that's really what it's all about. It's almost trying to make myself redundant again. Yeah. Take take ourselves out of the equation. But um, until that happens, to use our privilege to do as much as we can to help others to replicate what we do. Yeah. Um, with the hope that people will carry on our work and improve upon our designs even further. Yeah. That's really what it's about. The, the, you know, the, the focus is on on helping as many people as we can and the more people working together to make that happen around the world, um, then I believe, I, I honestly believe one day that every single person on the planet will have access to assistive technology. It's just going to take a lot of work to get there. Yeah. But to do it, you know, in Australia, we, we are so blessed. You know, we have access to incredible education. We have, um, you know, we, 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 have, we don't even have to worry about the, the, the quality of the water that we drink. No, no. Um, and I think, I think it's our our um, our our almost our obligation 
to to work towards helping people who aren't as fortunate as ourselves. Yeah. Geez, you're a bloody good egg. <laughs> <laughs> I just love what I do so much. Um, we're actually working on a new design. This is actually, I designed um, this yesterday, actually, and I printed it overnight and I assembled it this morning. Um, this is a new design for an elbow-powered arm that would open and close the fingers. Um, By moving the elbow. The, wrist, yeah. the wrists can actually rotate as well. Wow. So this is actually being designed for um, people over in the Pacific Islands. So there's, there's a massive um, problem in the Pacific Islands with machete violence. Oh, wow. So people are attacking people. And, and if someone runs at you with a machete, what's the first thing you do? You put, put your, your arm up. To, yeah, right. yeah. Um, so we're actually working with the, uh, the Pacific Island Orthopaedic Association to, um, to, to, to train up um, the prosthetists and, and medical professionals over there to be able to replicate what we do. Um, and we're, we're starting to design robust um, devices that don't need, you know, if you're living in a, in a remote village in, in the Pacific Islands, you don't want something you have to find a USB charger for. No, no. So we're, we're, we're designing a, an elbow powered device that would open and close those, those hands. And, you know, to be able to manufacture that, at, at, you know, for maybe $15 in parts, um, I think, you know, that would give a lot of, um, a lot of freedom, you know, back to there's the, the largest cause of poverty over in 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 uh, in those regions is is through disability, mm. you know. And, and if if the um, the sole I hate the word breadwinner um, of the family um, is becomes disabled, then it can force the whole family into poverty. Mm. So working with these organisations around the world to to try and um, enable people to you know to to be the best that they can be, um, mm. it's it's something that drives me every day, you know, through our design. You know, whether, it's, it's, whether it's something that, you know, a, a full hand, it could be something as simple as a, you know, we, 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 if we get contacted, um, my daughter would like to, to play the violin, for example, you know, born with, um, with one hand. And so I designed um, a, a violin attachment um, and worked with her violin teacher to, to get the angles just right and, and to tune it. And, and I didn't hear so I didn't hear back for about six months after um, after the initial consultation backwards and forwards. She said she was going to go and learn and and um, and right at Christmas time this year, I got sent a video from the family of um, of young Kelly. She was playing violin with her sister at their local church Christmas concert. Oh. And it was just to see her playing the, the violin, you know, for something that for me it took maybe a day of my time. But to see her empowered and, and achieving things that she wanted to achieve was really, really special. Other things can be simply oh. serve, it, serve it a tennis ball, right? It's really hard with one hand. We made an attachment that goes onto the arm to serve a tennis ball or, um, or you know, as I said, the skipping rope. Or, oh, have I got one around? I've just got random things <laughs> scattered on my desk. Um, I developed a, a device that if you bought, if you don't have a left hand, you can attach it and it actually arpeggios one octave on a piano, you know, wow. for someone who would like to play the piano. Um, yeah. For myself, music, you know, is a big part of my life. I, I actually have a, um, a piano next to my desk. <laughs> ah, I love really, that. I think it's really important in, in any creative space to, um, to, to, to have music and, and to be able to um, put yourself into a different mindset. For me, I'll, I'll sit and play Chopin for 10 or 15 minutes if I'm stuck on a problem 
and come back to it and you can see it from a different perspective. Yeah. But, you know, to, to ena enable kids um, with hand differences to, to enjoy music for me is a really, really important thing. Oh, they reckon that too, like to, to listen to classical music, you know, um, symphony music, that type of stuff while you're trying to concentrate actually opens up opens up your brain in amazing ways. So Yeah, it, it, it really does. See, yeah. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have really random playlists on while I'm working. We play music, you know, 10 hours a day at work. Sometimes it'll be Megadeth or Metallica and sometimes <laughs> Chopin or, you know, or Mozart. But, um, you know, I think music is, has a really, um, really powerful way of, of opening up the, the brain and, and, and to, yeah. into different, everything's way, it, everything's frequencies and, and, and things resonate. And yeah. when, you know, you resonate with certain frequencies, it's like people really, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. You know, operate on different frequencies and some people you, you match that frequency um, and other people you don't. Yeah. And I think that's with life, if you emit positive frequency and energy um the universe it will it'll respond and, and bounce back towards you it's it's really funny how how sometimes you can think oh what am i going to do now and then um and then all of a sudden just the universe responds and goes there you go I agree, but I think you've got to be open to it. You know, you you have to. You know that there's there's a great movie. You know, Loch Ness, and and in that there's a great line. You know, he goes over there to see the Loch Ness monster, and he says, "Well, I have to see it to believe it." And the little girl says, "No, you have to believe it to see it." And yes. I reckon that's that that's such a good line, and it's so it's so aligned with what you're saying about the universe. You know, I, I, I do the same. I ask the universe and it responds, you know, and sometimes I don't even have to ask. I just trust. And there are other people who say, what a load of shit. <laughs> Stop yeah, doing yeah. that. And I'm like, you, you have to believe in it or or you yeah. can't access yeah, it. Yeah, like you can walk down the same street. And if you've got, um, and if you're operating on a negative frequency that day, yep. you'll see the, the rat in the gutter that you'll smell yeah. dead wallaby you know yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll see the clouds in the sky but if you can get yourself into that positive um frequency you'll start to see that you'll, you'll smell the fresh bread you know you'll 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 yeah. see the rainbow after the rain yeah. you'll just um and it's not a load of crap it's um mm. and, and I, I i suppose i have the luxury now of choosing um the people that I spend time with and I bring into this journey, you know, we have some yeah. amazing, amazing people, you know, that yeah. have come into our, our journey, just bubbly, happy people. Um, we've got a maternal and child health nurse just joined us, you know, because she was underemployed. She was only picking up, had two days of work. So we're like, well, work here the other two or three. And uh, but she's the brightest, happiest, bubbliest person. And, um, and, and we just try to, Try to create a space that we're we're like we're like family, um, in that we're we're able to bring bring the best of ourselves to work as well as the worst. Yep. Yeah. Um, and and just um, and and I think that just drives respect um, for each other, and it drives everything really. If you yep. get down to you know, respecting and 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 loving and caring for each other. Yeah. Um, oh. We're, we're just that. like we designed like we um we actually had one of those moments during the pandemic, you know we we were actually lucky to survive that, but it was we actually um, diversified massively what we do, um, we you know all of a sudden with the lockdowns and all of that sort of stuff, yeah. um, Wonthaggy Hospital had ten 
disposable face shields left at the start of the pandemic, and they had no idea when the next ones were coming from. Were yeah. coming. Um, so my wife and I actually we couldn't use charity money to do that, but we actually bought up um, a whole bunch of materials about 15 grand, there goes our house deposit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, and we, we bought all these materials to make free face shields. We just diversified. We went into full-time 20-hour-a-day production with two shifts and we were able to um, get, eventually get government funding to, to employ seven people before all of this, you know, job keeper or job seeker or whatever they called it, kicked in. And um, and we just supplied our entire region with face shields. And But it was really, really awesome because it, it made us stronger as a team, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, doing what we could, what was best at the time to mm. serve the community. Yeah. Of course, we were still making hands and things, but, um, but you know, I think just that creating that um, environment that you're just always listening to, to what's, what's important, you know, what's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for myself, you know, we had the, we had the best um, assembly technician, Rebecca, um, running our printers and, and and making our hands and um she she um she fell pregnant she had a, a beautiful baby boy and um and we're like we really want her back you know so we, we just <laughs> we set up we set up our um our workspace to be family friendly so we've got a room with breastfeeding chairs and cots and bounces and and change tables and it's more like a crash <laughs> it's kind of it's awesome actually because people that's bring their amazing people, you know and just to have that space that's all all embracing and and I've got a seven month old daughter now too who's um, coming to work three days a week as well, which is is she really operating cool. the printers yet? No, yeah, by her first birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You've got this like, but everybody says has got this shared purpose. Do you know? It's kind of like yeah. we're all working for the same thing and we're all getting the same joy. Do you, you know yeah. when when we see people have the hands? But I love what you said before about love and care for one another. You know, I was just having a conversation with a with a guy in another organization yesterday and I and talking about how you know love and care have you ever said that in a workplace it would be like we're fluffy you know and it's all that but we have to start saying love and care we, we have do. to love and care for each other and it's not fluffy kindness compassion you know that's the stuff that has to be in a workplace yeah i know you're picking i'm talking because i know you're picking up a parcel Sorry, that's no. that one that i said was coming today i apologize no, don't apologize. Hang on. No, you're right. I'll just keep talking. I'm at the moment. There's a, a light in the room. <laughs> I'll just keep talking. It, it's, I think that we've got to be much better at, um, you know, sh- sharing love and kindness and investing in each other and, and bringing our whole selves to work and caring about who we're working with. And when, when we can truly invest in each other and truly care about each other, that's when all the great stuff happens and we support each other better and, you know, that's that's exactly what you're doing there. But, Matt, go back to the start. Go back to the entry because I was just yeah. watching then and you've just got this. Your you, Guys, if you're listening to this on audio, seriously, you're going to go and see the video because Matt's been showing all these example hands the whole time and now he's in the front of his store um, or uh, factory, whatever you call it. doesn't look like a factory. It's so bloody nice. <laughs> And he's got all these photos up on the wall of 
all these people who have oh look at the colors of those hands i'm sorry i'm getting i'm getting engrossed in the pictures guys but he's got all these pictures up with all the there's um people wearing their hands and the smiles are incredible and the colorful hands and oh my god there's someone there's a kid holding hands with it looks like her mum oh another kid playing the piano a little baby people walking holding hands playing a guitar um, there's one with just a finger, a little kid riding his bike, someone playing cricket. Oh my god, this is fabulous! Oh, and the, and he's got the and, and every, um, single, every single one. And, and we had a Paralympian wearing our hand in the um, opening ceremony at the the Paralympic Games in Tokyo. Oh wow! Amazing. And there's <laughs> the kid with the violin that you were just talking about. And, yeah. Oh, and a kid riding his bike and, with and a so smile. All of all of these ones on on this wall um, are ones that other people around the world are making. Oh wow! Look this at is, that. Um, this is that hospital in Thailand with yeah. their three D printers and and making these hands and teaching people how to how to hold a how to hold a bottle again, how to pick something up. And is the oh. group down in in Cairo? Um, wow. There's a group in in Poland. There's uh, groups in France, Italy, um, South America. Wow! And look and at then, this, how they've how they've taken our design and they've they've put their own you know Disney princesses logos <laughs> and things on there. We've got Superman hands. We've got Spider Man, Batman. Um, groups in Italy, um, South uh, um, down in Colombia. Wow! Um, in France. In France, they, they put acrylic nails on our hand to make for, for this young lady. Oh. And just to see, this one here is a, a glow-in-the-dark hand. Wow. It's, um, oh, it's really, guys, really You've got to watch this. All of, you know, we've taken ourselves out of the equation. Um, that, you know, oh. if I was to die tomorrow, then these people would continue to get all of these hands. Wow. And, and that's, people... that's really our goal. It is amazing. These people overseas, do they? They're all supporting people in their own local communities, and that's right. Yeah, wow. This is this. I, I tell you what, guys. I'm I'm holding back tears now. He's going down the hallway. Just so you you really got so to go and watch this, this video. Created this space, and this this. So I've got to talk about this space. Go so on. we had a had a case where you know at our um, previous factory the. During the pandemic, you know, the market value went up with everyone escaping Melbourne and moving to Phillip Island. The rent went up significantly. And we thought, oh, what are we going to do, you know? And um, the universe responded again. And we had this beautiful man um, who wants to remain anonymous on Phillip Island who retired and he said, you know what? There's a factory for sale in New Haven. And he bought it and leased it to our charity for 10 years rent-free. Oh, my God. Just, what a hero. He didn't want, he didn't want any, any notoriety. He didn't want anyone to know his name. And, um, and we're, we're just paying the outgoing so it, and, and so it doesn't um, – uh, sorry, I get pretty emotional just thinking about it. It's, um, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> he never wants us to go through that situation again where we oh. have to move. And um, and then we got a grant through the AMP Foundation um, to to support fitting out this new beautifully blue design center, and I, I actually designed the whole the whole place um, on on computer um, in CAD, and um, 
I wanted a, a big long hallway where anyone from the community could come yeah. and they could look into our lab and and see what we're designing and see what we're working on. Wow. And and then and then to be able to just come in and, and see the 3D printers printing. Yeah. Oh um, my god. Look, you know, look into the assembly lab. You know, yeah. we have um we have a dedicated space now where we can have Zoom meetings where we collaborate with people around the world and we can sit in a beanbag if we want. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Beanbags are great for um, meetings. Yeah, yeah. And then we have our assembly area where we have um, all of the hands that we, you know, that are coming off the printers that we're assembling that we, we send out. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. And, and obviously, um, you know, we have little play areas for the young ones and, we have the change tables and all kinds of things. Wow. You guys should see this. It is electric blue. It is, yeah. um, wow. Actually, if you've got Zoom, there's there's a big, you know, uh, the big Zoom colour, like on your, I'm not advertised at promoting Zoom, but the blue that Zoom uses, it's almost identical because I'm looking at the two close together on my computer. Even, even the carpet. Ah, <laughs> oh, it is so, why is blue so important, Matt? I, it's my happy colour. It's um, ever since I was a young boy, I remember um, there was a, a cartoon that I loved when I was a kid, Astro Boy. Yeah. And um, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the closing credits of Astro Boy, it's got a cartoon of Astro running along and it's got these vibrant colours come up and there was this blue that yeah. came up when I was a young boy that I just resonated with. It, it was on my frequency. And, um, and so if I'm surrounded by this colour, um, I just I feel happy. Yeah. And I think when we're happy, we 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 do our best work. Oh, it's beautiful. And now I'm looking at it at my computer screen. I've got the Zoom color, then I've got Matt's room, and then I've got my get off the bench <laughs> thing. And, and there's just blue going on oh, everywhere. Yeah, it's, right. There's it's very it's similar, beautiful. right? Like the color of get off the bench, uh, the blue, right? So like a royal blue. No, mine's yeah, it sort of is. Yours is actually yeah, I like yours better. I might change and my of, cover. Yeah. Types of blue as well, right? So whenever oh. we prototype anything, we we make it in blue. I this is our, our this is our low cost bionic arm that we're developing, and we're wow. really really excited about this one. Um, we've we've actually uh, been able to develop something that functions the same. So it reads those signals in the arm. Yeah, similar to that one million dollar bionic arm that I um, tested all those years ago. And I was I was just reading that this this spinal arm you're making for sixty bucks. Where do I see that? And and they it's actually making like it would normally sell for sixty thousand dollars, and you're making it for yeah. about sixty bucks. Wow. Currently, it's sitting at about twenty seven dollars. Oh wow! Um, our target was sixty dollars. Um, we wanted to make something for one thousandth of the cost um, oh. to make it accessible to every person on the planet. And I've had some incredible support from a software engineer, Lockie Thomas. Um, he actually approached his company. He's a software developer. And he, he approached his company and said, look, I've been volunteering for this charity. Um, you know, is there any way you can support? And they, they offered him to pay him one day a fortnight um, to pay him his normal salary, but for him to work a volunteer day. And wow. to come down and, and write all of the code. So he's he's writing all of the code, which I'm terrible at, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, but I I come up with the um, the you know the design, um, how the electronics work. So this is my some of my scratchings on the board here for for how I wanted all of the components to to talk to each other. 
Wow. And he's able to then write the code um, and upload it into this $2.50 microcontroller. Wow. So all of these parts, these motor drivers. Um, so this this board here was our prototyping board, but we've been able to shrink this down to the size of, of um, your thumb, basically, wow. um, to fit inside the arm. So we're, we're very excited about the development of that um, because when we release that design to the world, um, others will be able to not only replicate what we do, but hopefully they'll be able to look at that code and find ways to improve it further. Um, and we've, we've got function functions in this arm that just don't exist currently in any of the commercial devices. Um, you know, the ability for the hand to just, when you're walking along, you know, most bionic arms are just, the fingers are splayed and, until you tell yeah. it to do something, but yeah. um, no one walks like this, right? Yeah, yeah. And no one walks like this either. So yeah. it goes into this resting position where the fingers aren't closed, they're not open, yeah. um, until you tell it to do something that goes back to where it was and it will um, it'll start functioning again. So wow. it's, um, and, and trying to create an arm that's extremely efficient um, that the battery will last all day and doesn't need to be, you know, batteries don't need to be swapped over and all of those. But the tech, yeah, the technicalities is a completely different conversation. It's um, it's quite quite advanced what we're trying to develop. But we're we're you know through sharing that with people around the world, mm. we're really hoping that even in commercial organisations, it just takes the the designs to a new level. And and if we can prove that, um, you know, if we've done all of that R and D, you know, the reason an arm costs a million dollars is the R and D that goes into it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, that 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 you know, I I went to a um, in Oregon. I went to a medical school over there and visited um, Professor Albert Chi, who had been working in a team over there. They developed an arm that cost them one hundred and twenty million oh. US dollars to develop. Wow, you know, one hundred and twenty million dollars to develop one arm, and it was so expensive that the guy couldn't even take it home. He couldn't wear it outside of the lab. And I went in there. And I said, I'm trying to make a, an arm for under $100. And his jaw dropped. He was like <laughs> the joy on his face. He goes, that's what I wish I could do, right? And, um, you know, it, it's it's all that R&D. And, and yep. you know, I think the only way that you can make assistive technology accessible is being non-commercial. Yeah, yeah. Right? Which sounds ridiculous, but. Yeah. Um, so we're a research and development organisation operating as a charity. Yeah. You know, most most um, most um, charities rattle the tin for research. Yeah. You know, for other for others to do the research, they yeah. basically rattle the tin to fund people yeah. to to do research. But yeah. we're doing the rattling and um, and the research at the same time. But by us not baking the cost of you know all of our equipment and all of our time into the product um, allows other people to make it for um, for you know five or ten dollars in parts for us yeah. it's cost a lot more to make this the same device because we've yeah. got the whole overheads in operating what we do but it's the people around the world that um, support our charity that allow us to do that yeah um, so the end user it doesn't cost them one cent which is um yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing we couldn't have done what we do without the the love and support kindness and generosity of, of the community I, I find it absolutely mind-blowing I'm just 
I think I'm in love with you, Matt. And I think, <laughs> yeah, I don't tell your wife. You're just a beautiful, beautiful person. And your vision and your purpose is just, you know, I mean, I've been, I've had a few tears all the way through this. And I, I, don't, I think this is the first podcast I've just said, wow, wow, over and over and over and over. But I, I just, I love what you're doing. I would love to know more about, you know, how other people can can get involved, you know, and how they can do it. I don't, I don't have the brain for it. I mean, I do, I do, I actually can do that stuff, but I can't put two and two together at the minute while I'm thinking about it. But um, oh, I'd love to have a crack at that. I just think that this stuff is, um, I don't know, Matt, you've touched my heart. It, it just, you just, this I know I know you don't do it for that. I know you don't do it for praise or or awards or any of that kind of stuff. I know you just do it for the joy. But but to know that there are people like you out there, do you know who are just focusing on bringing pure joy to people and and the equity of it. You know, just why should you not have a hand? Why should you not feel the joy that I feel when I eat a sandwich or when I play an instrument or when I ride my bike or what, what, what? Just shake hands with somebody. You know, I feel joy. Why shouldn't you feel that? And that that's so heartwarming and just so touching. I I, I just love this. Love this so it's, much. Um, it's um it's a funny thing when I when I was 16 years old I was really fortunate to um to be accepted into a, a homestay over in Japan for 6 weeks. Oh wow. Yeah. I ended up spending 5 years there over my um over my life. But the host family that I had over there um they just showed me so much kindness, generosity, love, you know, they 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 offered me to come back um and and stay for another year. You know, wow. and they put me into the high school over in Japan. It didn't cost um, my family a cent. Um, wow. I, I saved up and worked, um, you know, stuffing chickens for five dollars fifty an hour to to pay for the airfare to go over there. Yeah. Um. But I just I just couldn't believe how generous they were to someone that they didn't even know. Mm. You know, they 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 paid my, you know, for me to to eat. You know, to to buying me birthday and Christmas presents to to showing me just all of these amazing places in in Japan and expected nothing in return I mm. thought how how can I ever repay them how you know and and then I realized through what I'm doing now it's not about getting paid back mm. you know I think when you when you give something um with an expectation of receiving receiving something in return, it, it takes away the, everything that's special about that. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, it's not like we make a skipping rope attachment for a, a young kid and think one day when she's old enough, she might donate to the charity or something. We actually ask families, please never, never donate because it it takes away that joy that we have, you know, yeah. If, yeah. then all of a sudden there's a, a, a price attached to the, the devices that we provide, you know. And it's all about manufacturing joy. We actually have it. If I had a business card here, we actually have manufacturing joy written on our on our business card because that's what we do. <laughs> you know, I love it. I'm actually I'm actually working with a, a prosthetist up in um, Sydney. He he um, came and visited a, a few weeks ago, and um, he has all of lots of young children come in with amputated legs and and limb differences oh. and all kinds of things. And 
he what he wants to start doing is actually amputating legs of um, of doll on dolls, right, and start making um, prosthetic limbs that match the ones that the kids have. Oh, um, wow. so it's like, right, and it's it's sort of a thing that some people around the world are doing. But he um he's interested in three D printing to be able to do that. So oh. last night I actually designed this little blade. You know those blade legs? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to, I want to actually support him to make these little kits that he can just get all of the different parts that he's making on his prosthetic legs and all of that. And so he can modify these dolls and give them as a gift to these children to, to put a smile on their face. So um, it's, it's, um, it's, really, it's really cool to be able to support someone to do that, you know. In, in essence, you're just playing, like you spend your whole day playing yeah. with toys and, and, you, and you're just like Santa. You just, you just... Well, it's interesting. Santa, Santa's an interesting concept, isn't it? Um, <laughs> because, you know, Santa, um, in every, it's a magical thing in, the, in the, the mind of children and you'll never be able to pay Santa back. You know, you no. know that he's giving to you and you're just like, thanks, Santa. Um, and and from parents' perspective as well, it's um, it's a really special thing because you know Santa's taking the credit mm. um, for something that you're giving. Yeah. Um, and and you know to 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 learn about not um, receiving um, even a thank you in return. Mm. Um, I think you know the whole concept of that is is important. But yeah, I I I, I think Santa's a really special thing, and if I can if I can um, you know bring bring the bring joy and wonder you know to, to kids lives we've we've just got these new blue envelopes these big blue bright envelopes and and cars there's a press press room make a lot of the they're, they're a company that make um like 80 percent of all of the junk mail in australia but they have a philanthropic arm um, and they've reached out to us and said hey like you know um, if it's posters or pamphlets or those sorts of things that they do it pro bono for our charity, you know, so it doesn't cost us anything. All of those incidental things that cost charities money. You know, we had we had a lady send us. Um, she's a stamp collector, and she collected all of these stamps, hoping they'd go up in value. Some of them didn't. All of the ones that didn't go up in value, she sent us like a thousand dollars worth of stamps. So whenever we send out letters to people, if we have to send receipts or whatever it is, we'll have "Merry Christmas, 1987" or whatever it is <laughs> on the envelope. You know, but people help us in, in all of these different, unique and beautiful ways. It's just really, really special, you know. And for us to be able to support this prosthetist to, you know, bring joy in his own way by spending, you know, a little bit of time helping to design these these doll parts for prosthetic arms yeah. and legs and stuff, it's really cool, you know. I love it. And so do you take donations? We do. We, we're a registered charity, so that's how we, that's how we survive. Um, so public speaking for me is how I pay my wage and our staff's wages. Yeah, um, yeah. So if I go off and do a talk at an event, um, that won't come to me as a public speaker. It goes to the charity as a tax-deductible donation, and that's how I pay our staff's wages so that then public community donations from your mums and dads and pensioner community donations um, go directly towards making the hands and paying for the postage to to get them there. Wow! So it's um it's really it's really been difficult over the last few years to try and create that balance um, yep. with COVID and the pandemic, and all of a sudden all of the public um, speaking events dried up. Yeah. But um so we're actually now looking at um 
corporate sponsorships as well for to help yeah, us to pay for the back end of the charity. Yeah, yeah. So for corporates to to help, you know, through an annual um, donation of whatever size. Yeah. But it, like, so we can then plan. That's the hardest thing for us. You know, if yeah. we if we're on television or on, on um, we've been on quite a few different programs. Um, if you if you Google them, um, Advancing Australia was probably our most recent one. Yeah. Um, but when you're on when you're on these these programs, you'll get like a an influx of 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 donations, and then it yeah. will peter off. So we actually call it a tsunami. You know, you get a yeah. tsunami of, of um, funding, but then we we don't know when that next donation is coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is really hard to then plan and say next year we want to bring another engineer on or another assembly technician or whatever it is. Mm. Um, so we're, we're really looking at um, trying to get corporate sponsorships to really provide that baseline. Yeah. Um, that we can predict next year and the year after of a baseline revenue and say then we can have X number of people that we bring in and grow. Yeah. Um, and then public donations go directly towards um, paying for, for the for the hands and the materials. But we, we have um, a web. We have I was going to say, where can people find you? Yeah. Where can people do this? <laughs> um, so our, our website, um, www.free3dhands.org um, or our Facebook. We have a Facebook page as well, Free3dhands um, and Instagram. I think you can actually donate through um, through the Facebook, but the website's the, the best way to um it's got all of the details of um, you can make a, a direct deposit even, um, which has no platform fees and taken out of it and all sorts of, there are lots of different options. Um, but, you know, any, any, look, any support um, that we can get, we're, we're always extremely, extremely grateful to, to help us to continue doing what we're doing. Yeah, I love it. And it's so I'm going to put all those in the show notes anyway so people can just click on them. And oh, But you. it's... Free 3D hands. It's hard to say free, free. free you know free. what? You know, it's the worst name for a charity. Um, the reason I called it the reason I called it that is because we were getting. I was getting so many emails um, from people saying, "Can you make um, duck feet, um, dog prosthetics? Can you make ears, eyes, noses? And how much do you charge for them?" So um, I, I did that to actually um, minimise the number of emails of people asking me um, if I make legs and all kinds of things. And, and, and the reason why we focus on arms is because, um, you know, most, most people that go and study prosthetics and orthotics, and in Australia we've got the best, um, best level of education in prosthetics and orthotics at La Trobe University and there's up in Sunshine Coast, there's uni- up Sunshine Coast University too. But for the majority of that course, they're talking about legs. You know, and yeah. and they they hardly talk about the upper body, um, yeah. and there there are there aren't that many prosthetists in Australia that specialise in upper body prosthetics, and and that's for that reason I think um, innovation is also, um, it's it's also behind where legs are. Mm. You know, they've got these incredible yeah. legs, micro process and knees, um, yeah. all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, that you know, um, that you know, if someone was wearing. Um, where it was wearing jeans and they walk past you, um, you mightn't even notice that they had a prosthetic leg. You know, it's just they're, wow. they're so functional yeah. and a lot simpler. You know, where, yeah. where the degrees of freedom in a hand, it's just it's such a complicated thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we really want to encourage others to get into that space and innovate through what we do um, mm. to get people excited about, um, you know, bionic arms and, and wanting to get into develop that to really advance the technology, bring the cost down and make it accessible to everyone. I love it. So you've, you've um, 
just thinking, if someone's listening and they bought a 3D printer for under 300 bucks and they yep. bought all the thread, you said it before and I can't remember what it's called, but anyway, you know, the, yeah. Yeah, all the stuff that comes with it, can they put and they get the software and, and they download the design, can they get, um, does the design come with how you put it all together? Yeah. So yeah. that that actually took longer than designing the hand itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for me, the, the first six months of the pandemic were a, a fantastic time that I could actually um, spend um, yeah. writing a 100-page assembly oh manual that, oh that comes with the, all of the design files. So it has all of our, our um, print settings, which printers we use, where we buy all of the materials, what all of our, our settings are, how to scale it to the right size, how to assemble it in 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 100 pages of detail. And um, people can get that for free. Yeah, and they, they wow. download that, they, they get that for free. And um, and that's that's how we've been able to, um, you know, spread to, you know, 6,000 people around, all of these groups around the world now making our designs. But it's because we put so much effort into that manual that they're able to replicate exactly what we do. And so um, if you didn't if you didn't know anybody who needed a hand, but yeah. you just wanted to help, could yeah. you just make these and just make ten and then box them and send them to you? No, no because each each hand is um, scaled to each individual. So each hand difference is very different than yeah. than another. Yeah. So we um we can we customize you know certain inserts and padding and all of that sort of stuff as well. So it's it's not something like um a shoe where you know it's a size 10 or well, even shoes really you've got different sizes yeah. um, you really need to try a shoe on to know if it's going to fit yeah. um, i've never bought shoes online have you <laughs> no <laughs> once i did it didn't work <laughs> but we have a very specific um, measuring system in this manual as well of, of how we're able to get those measurements that we require to then yeah. do a test fitment yeah. so we we won't actually send a fully completed handout the first time we'll um if, if we if they're on the other side of the world, we'll actually fit just a test fitment part um, yeah. from the from the scale and the measurements that we've been able to estimate within about ninety five percent confidence that will fit. Yeah. Um, and then they'll do a test fitment, go yes or no. It could be a little wider here or there, and then we will then modify that design and then reprint and send it. So it is a little bit of a process in um, in doing that, and that's why it's actually the, it's better to to do it locally in you know in the in in the, yeah. the region. Um, yeah. The best thing is to be able to um, to scale those devices to the right size. But we've had um, um, a recipient um, of one of our hands come to our factory, and we've been able to scale up, understand the size, print it, and give it to them the next day. You wow. know, where, where that, that takes a lot longer if it's backwards and forwards. We, um, oh my goodness, we had this this video um, sent to us from Mexico recently um, of young Isabella and. Um, my goodness, it was such a mission to get that hand to her because um, they didn't speak a word of English and oh. we didn't speak a word of Spanish, but we're using Google Translate to to, to write backwards and forwards and then they'd, um, they'd translate it back and, and vice versa and, and we, we didn't offend them, which was great. <laughs> and we sent this hand all the way over to Mexico and they sent us this most beautiful video um, of, of um, Isabel's father, Diego, just excitement on his face. Um, just oh. and her putting the hand on, basically being able to use it straight away and pick up a cup. It was just really special. Um, oh. That like to to cross cultures, to cross language barriers, yep. and just share joy to anyone, regardless of who they are, anywhere in the world. Um, we're all yep. born equal. 
And, um, and and we all want love and we all want joy and we all want peace. And that's the common thread, isn't it? That's the common thread of humanity that we 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 often miss or we often screw up, you know, through yeah. wanting power, through wanting wars and wanting to control people. And, you know, that we, we screw that up so bad. It, it, yeah. At the end of the day, we all we're all humans who bleed and want peace. Do you, you know, it's um, it's um, it's it's funny. Um, you know, talk about money and things. Like, if if my driver was to to make money in doing what I do, then the whole purpose would get lost out the window. You know, you'd yep. be focusing on profitability, on on sales forecasts, and all yep. of that mumbo jumbo. Yeah. Um, but I think if you purely focus, and this is even in the in the, the commercial space. If you purely focus on adding value, yeah, adding value to people's lives and helping people, sharing love, com- you know, compassion, yeah, helping yep. people through your product, whatever it is, um, then if you're adding value, then then I think money is just a byproduct of adding value, yeah, really, and, and I think that's how we've been able to survive because we've been able to communicate what we do that people support our charity in 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 you know in all different shapes and forms. Mm. Whether that's through pro, pro bono support or through donations, um, yeah. you know, Hewlett Packard, even you know, they didn't they, they didn't even ask for a photo. Um, they 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 built me a, a a brand new computer. You know, they're like, what do you need? You know, and they just built it and it just arrived in the mail. They didn't even do any promo piece on it. They just wanted to to help. Wow. You know, it's amazing that the the, the people that support us um, in 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 all of these you know small ways. Yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah, it's, 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 it's changed my whole perception of the world. Yeah, really, we don't. Not everyone revolves around money and and, and power and control. Yeah, you know, and and when you focus on the opposite, um, you can you can achieve much greater things. Yeah, and most you know, people are good. Yeah, I, I believe most people are good. I really do, I do too. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, but I <laughs> but I also know that a lot of us operate on fear. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, like, you know, they'll stop us doing a lot of things that we do. But if you just let go of control and embrace uncertainty. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's, I think the best thing that you can do is just just say, look, uh, I can't, you can't take anything with you. when, yeah. when no. um, So why spend your entire life worrying about how much you can accumulate before you do? Yeah. Um, and I think. You know, it's it's funny. It's funny. Like your whole mindset shifts when you when you start focusing on just just helping. Um, yeah. It's um, I I haven't wanted anything for Christmas or my birthday for the last five years. Not one yeah. thing. Yeah. If I did want something, it was for work. You know, yeah. to help me to, do, <laughs> to help me to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 it's. But if I can contrast that to a time in my life that I was most miserable. And that was when I was working um, 15 hours a day, seven days a week, whilst going to uni full time. Can you imagine yeah. that? I was sleeping two hours a night. I was working from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. And I had these tiny little windows of free time. So I'd, I went and bought all of these DVDs, you know, from when DVDs were still a thing. You could go to yeah. JB Hi-Fi and buy these, um, thinking that, you know, in the short amount of time that I have, this is how I'll enjoy it. But I still have all of those DVDs and their plastic wrappers. Yeah. Because I didn't have the time to enjoy them. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of empty houses around during the day that no one's enjoying or or any time because they're too busy paying for it. 
yeah. I think we've just got to focus on what's what's important in life, and that's that's um, being happy and and working joyfully and yeah and sharing yeah with, with people Spend, spending your time doing things that make you feel good. This is yeah, we, and we forget. And feeling, yeah. you know, that you're um, you're adding value to the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave you know, even in your own local community. Yeah, hundred um, percent. In a way that resonates with you, you know. Yeah. For example, a, a soup kitchen. For example, if I was to go and work at a a soup kitchen in the middle of the night feeding homeless um, people pumpkin soup, um, I would resent that because I hate pumpkin. I hate <laughs> doing. I, I I can't stand doing dishes, you yeah. know, and, and I don't like staying up late. You know, yeah. um, I, I go to bed pretty early so I can get up early. Um, yeah. But so for me, that would be a sacrifice. Yeah. Doing that volunteer work. Yeah. Um, but for my wife, for example, um, she loves cooking. She's She's got a chef license and yeah. and she loves cooking and, and, and seeing joy on people's face when they enjoy her, her food, right? It's the same. Yeah. I think, but so she would be more suited to, to that sort of thing. And I think we've just got to find something that resonates with our soul. Yeah. We enjoy it because if you enjoy something, you'll be, you'll spend a lot of time doing it. If you spend a lot of time doing it, you're more than likely going to get really good at it. Yeah. And if you stick with it um, and continue and don't give up, um, I think you can really change the world in, in, in many, many ways. I in do. Own, in a beautiful way. Yep, and one step at a time, one person yep. at a time, one hand at a time, one yeah, action one hand, at a time. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, honestly, if I had a thought, if I if I could take myself back seven years when I first started on this journey, and I showed where I was now, and um, what what level we're at now, I would be too overwhelmed, and I would not have embarked on the journey. Yeah, right? yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, if you want to change the world, change it one small, tiny chunk at a time. Chip yeah. away at it. Yeah, um, because if you're aiming, if you're aiming to change all of the problems and everything in the world, you, it'll be too overwhelming. Yep. You know, and um, yep. it's yeah. I think it's just a matter of um, yeah, baby steps. I agree, yeah. baby steps, and then you achieve the baby steps. You have success, yep. and you're Celebrate like, the "Where's the next baby step?" <laughs> yep. Um, reflect on the failures because you'll. I fail every day, and it's about yep. it's about embracing failure. Um, yep. and learning from it seeing Learn it, as positive. it yeah yeah um, that's that's the most important thing you know learning yep. from failures and not making my piano teacher as a child told me matt everybody makes mistakes but only a fool makes the same mistake twice <laughs> um, right so um learning from your mistakes and trying not to make them over and over again yeah and um, eventually through through failure you'll actually you'll eventually yep. um improve over time and get you will move forward Oh, well, Matt, I've absolutely loved this conversation. You, you, I, I've just loved it. I'm almost speechless, but I, I don't know how I could be speechless, but I am. You, I love what you're doing. I love your attitude. I love that your purpose. I love your perspective. I love what you, the impact that you're bringing to the world. I've just, just absolutely love this. I really want people to support you, and I can't believe I didn't know about you. So <laughs> slap. <laughs> But now I do, so there's no excuse. <laughs> yeah, well, but um, thank you. Yeah, I'd love, I'd absolutely love to um, to show you around and show you what we do, um, and any any of the listeners too. Um, yeah, yeah we're, we're, we've got an open door policy. We're very transparent in what we do, and um, yeah, 
I'd, oh. I'd love to give you a big hug. You look like you're a, you're a bit, a bit of a hugger. I am a hugger. Well, I can't wait for that. Matt and I have been planning this for, you know, a a little while and I've been trying to find a day that I could go down there. And the only time I had was when they weren't open. And it's, um, but I I am definitely going down there because first and foremost, I want my hug, but then then I want to have a look around. But um, That'd be great. This has been absolutely marvellous. And that, that that offer extends to everybody else too. So yes. if you're down in Phillip Island, please go and check out Matt and his 3D Hands, I won't say business, um, wonderful charity, charity. in that yep. amazing electric blue building. So, <laughs> Matt, thank you so very much. I've thoroughly... Oh, thank you for your time. It's, it's been a real honour and a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, me too. All right, well, I will catch you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for your time. Thank you. See ya. Oh, guys, that was absolutely fantastic. I love what Matt's doing. I just, I love his his vision, his purpose. I love his goals, his why. I just love the fact that he wants to give free hands and, and arms, if he can get that underway. He looks like he's making great progress with that. Just the fact that he wants to keep everybody equal and to give people equal opportunity to have access to these type of things. And I just think that... I didn't realize that one million, one billion people uh, needed assistive technology or assistive devices. That's just amazing. Anyway, I don't. He, he'll never. He will never um, be able to give them to every single person on the planet. And sometimes we feel like, you know, if I can't save the world, if I can't help everybody, I'm a failure. But that's not true at all. It's can we make a difference to one life? Yes, we can. So let's do that. And then look, now I can make a difference to another life. So let me do that. And I love that he's just got people all around the world doing that for him. So if you want to donate or if you know you're part of a corporation or, you know, an organisation that could help him out with a, a yearly, you know, a yearly bulk donation or anything like that, or if you just want to start following Matt, please go and please go and start following him. And his website is free, as in F-R-E-E, three, the number three, D hands free3dhands.org. Anyway, it's in the show notes, but I really hope that's inspired you. And I really hope that if you're thinking about something and you've got, you're not happy in the work you're doing, or you're not happy with what's going on around you, and you really think your purpose sits somewhere else, somewhere else that, you know, really brings you joy, please go do that. Or please start thinking about how you can do that. Because the only way we can make a difference to ourselves and to the world is to really sit in that sweet spot. So Anyway, I've absolutely loved this. I hope you've loved him. And again, thank you for joining me and I'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, karenvaughan.com. Tinker around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.